0: fly a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and colleague, the Reverend the Dr Michael Berg, as well as my dear friend and colleague, the Reverend Professor Jason Oakland. And after a couple episodes of uh, a break a bit from the series, We are returning to the Genesis series, uh, the early chapters of Genesis, discussing anthropology. Um, What is it to be a human being? Um, How do we relate to God? How do we relate to each other? How do we relate to the world around us? And we've made our way to chapter 6, and we're going to pick up a little bit with the very tail end of what we hit on last time with Pastor Peel, and then make our way into the flood. Jason, did you bring your life jacket? I did not.
1: It's probably uh, foolish of me.
0: Huh? Uh, I should have. Michael, do you happen to have a raft? I do not. Did you guys take swimming lessons as children at least? Yes. Did. Okay, excellent. We'll, we'll be ma- making our way into the flood, but don't worry. We won't be there too long. So if we can tread water uh, and have the righteousness of faith, yeah. those are the two things we should have. All right. Then we should be all right. If if we look around the studio, gentlemen, if we each got to pick one thing to help us uh, survive the flood, what would we, what would we take? You want me to tell you what I would
2: take to survive the flood? Is there
0: anything you would take with oh, you as you try room? to survive? Yes, from the oh, studio. Room.
1: I take my crucifix and rub it. And <laughs> it's, like a, it's a good choice. The uh, little model of the ship. You know, um, oh, if, if, if if there is some way that, that you would, could, <laughs> that would be just cruel. If you right? could shrink yourself, <laughs> if you and could like, either ugh. shrink yourself or somehow uh, uh, get that to stretch just a little bit, that would uh-huh. that would be helpful. But uh, otherwise, it would just be cruel irony.
0: You know, you know what I would take? What? I'm gonna take the Paul Bunyan trophy, so the rivalry <laughs> lives on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And so we'll be picking up at the end of chapter six once again. Uh, Let the Bird Fly is one of the podcasts of the 1517 Podcasting Network. encourage you to go to 1517.org. Check out all the good stuff there. Uh, Holy Week is coming up quickly, and I'm sure that will be a great resource for a number of devotions um, that will be posted there. Give them a follow on, on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Um, what they're doing will show up in your feeds, including those devotions. You can go to the bookstore, check out Michael's vocation book. You can pre-order Michael's on any given Sunday. Uh, you can look up my Let the Bird Fly book, based on this podcast written for my Christ and Culture course, um, Mark's devotional, uh, which is a nice Lenten devotional, I think, um, and An Uncompromising Gospel. Jason, anything they can look for of yours there? Not yet. Have but guy, this guy's going to have something eventually. Eventually, yep. He's been reading. He's been reading yep. Cyril of Alexander. Cyril of Jerusalem, Jerusalem. actually. That's the just current
1: project right at the moment. But
0: All right. Well, we won't go too long. We had a uh, chapel this morning. I would just briefly note two things I noticed from chapel. Um, first, there was a rather unfortunate reference to Jason yep. um, in praise of his sermon from Tuesday. Thankfully, Mike is up tomorrow, and I'm only assuming he already has a reference to my fine sermon <laughs> baked into I do not I do not reference
2: other people in sermons. And then um,
0: <laughs> I was, uh, I'm sitting on the, the far wing, uh, Jason and I normally sit on the far wing, and I see this guy come in and I, I say to uh, to the gentleman around me, is that Berg in a hoodie? <laughs> and then I realized, what is on it? Michael, what are you wearing today? I got my uh, Cardinal stuff, it's opening day. I, I should know this, who do they play today? Toronto. Toronto. Um, Jason, who are you rooting for in that matchup? Uh, between the blue birds and the red birds but you picked the blue birds to win the world series i did I? Yeah.
1: yeah i thought that they maybe have a have a shot but uh, uh i'll
0: i'll root with michael today i'm going to root with michael for today um, cuz i would like to see him be happy yeah so uh we'll join in in saying uh what do you say go cardinals go red go go cardinals go go cardinals no just go cardinals, oh, go cardinals. i have um Two meetings
2: during the game on opening day today, the afternoon. Um, That's cruel. This is uh, this is going to be redundant, worthless meeting. Um, but hmm. uh, one of them is actually not worthless, and I need to be there. The other one has nothing to do with WOOC, so I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. But and and maybe this will change. But this may be the most worthless meeting that I will ever attend. <laughs> And it's going to start in about the second inning of opening day
0: Ooh. afternoon. I'm sorry to hear that. I have that to is. be there. I have no
2: other cha- yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. And it will be utterly a waste of time.
1: Is it? Is it online or is it in person? It is online. So maybe. Oh, it'll be in front. Of, oh, I'll be in front yeah. of the TV. <laughs> yeah. However. I think I have to interact
2: oh, enough yeah, uh, where yep. I can't just, like, nod my head. <laughs> I'm actually going to have to, like, press buttons. This is uh. like the
0: passion of Michael Byrd. Oh, yes. my gosh. Right. I know. <laughs>
2: and then and then after that, I will be preparing my, uh, which is basically a Good Friday sermon for next Friday, yep. or this Friday, in chapel. And so there will be a lot of passion and anxiety.
0: Well, if the it almost might be better than if the Cardinals lose, mm. because then you'll really be in a place to write a sermon about suffering. I'll still hope they win. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we'll make our way into the main topic. If uh, Michael or Jason, if one of you are willing to give us a disclaimer.
2: Um, This show doesn't speak for us or employees or a church. It probably doesn't speak for us. Um, (laughs) To be honest, much of the time, uh, what I just said, we'll be thinking out loud so approach what you here at the healthy skepticism because well as a responsible resident of planet Earth. <laughs>
0: of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord." Um, And that's where we left off in the last anthropology episode with Pastor Peel. And don't worry if you haven't listened to the others. You don't have to uh, to follow along today. These are each kind of individual bites, um, but would encourage you to go back and check them out. And just to to frame things again, um, beginning with chapter three, we get the fall into sin. We've had Cain and Abel, the first homicide, which I would note if you listen to our true crime episode, we did solve.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: We, I think, conclusively uh, yep. figured out who did it. And uh, then you have Cain's grandkids, who are the worst. Um, they're Bad building days. cities and assembling power and exploiting others, and even worse, boasting about it. And now we're going to get, as time passes, even many of the, the sons of God, those who had been raised in the faith, fall from the faith. Um, they're intermingling with the, the sons and the daughters of men. And there's, there's only a few righteous people left, and one of them is Noah. Uh, we talked about last time that Moses notes here in Genesis uh, the, the corruption of humanity that had taken place, that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Um, what a sad statement um, for God to make as he, he looks down, or a thought for him to have about his creation And yet we do get um, this ends, this section ends, with a note of hope. And that's what I want us to hit on first. Um, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And I think it's really easy. um, Well, I'll put it this way. So Jason and I, uh, our listeners know um, from previous episodes, if you were listening, or if you watch the YouTube channel, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, um, we talked about it, but we were in Rome for a week over a spring break and uh uh you know, one of the running joke was I was maybe gonna return to my, my holy mother <laughs> during my time there and uh and there's times I, I think about it that I, especially when, when Lutheranism gets very loud. Um hmm. sometimes I just want the quiet and the solemnity. I, um I I, di- I
1: I believe I was successful in uh keeping you away from all uh Jason did succeed, yep. yes. During that time, so. Um,
0: but one of the things as you, as you look at Roman Catholic theology, as you, as you look at um, these beautiful churches, but I would say especially as you look kind of from the 4th the century on at developments in Catholicism, there, there's a real kind of gift for taking themes from the Scriptures and running with them. Really developing them, and, and you can see this even in the development of Marian dogma, a lot of the images are taken from the scriptures, you know, Revelation, right, Queen yeah. of Heaven, stuff like that. Uh, but it, I would say one of the things that the trip reinforced for me as you, as you see this and you go to the museums and the churches, is that it often makes things a lot more difficult than they need to be. Right, kind of the the cohesion of like the thread throughout the scriptures gets a little bit muddied, and so you go even you know you see the Sistine Chapel or many of these other beautiful paintings, and you know the saints and others are helping people climb up to heaven, and yep. and I think there's the temptation um, when we read Genesis and early Genesis with um, what we call in theology the opinio legis. The opinion of the law that we default to a law understanding of things, uh, including a, a law understanding of the the way of salvation. To to okay, God has been talking about how wicked these people are. Like there's been several chapters, Moses is reinforcing how wicked, and then we hear Noah found favor, right? Noah was righteous favor. Um, biblically and i would say hopefully lutherans rightly emphasize this favor is just the flip side of grace favors how god sees you in grace right the, the lord lift up his countenance upon you his face upon you but we can see that and go moses was a good he was a white hat hmm. and a cowboy movie full of black hats he was a jedi amongst a bunch of stormtroopers. um He was the solid guy. And I think Moses intentionally then is going to include the story of what Noah does when he gets off the Hmm, the ark. But I'll throw it to Jason, to you or to, to Michael. If we just maybe right at the outset, before we get to all the wicked are being drowned and Noah's on the boat and Noah will be saved. And so we get like this, you know. Children scenes of Noah and the animals kind of happy and cute on the ark and we don't have like precious moments drowning sinners <laughs> um, but what do we mean when we when or what does Noah mean or what do the scriptures as a whole mean when they talk about something like Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord and I'll say I'll frame it this way as a Lutheran and then as a reader of the scriptures right what what do you understand that to mean? And I'll throw it to either of you two.
1: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> that the interesting thing there is that that contrast, of course, right? That um, Noah, in the midst of all this wickedness, uh, seemingly stands alone as you know one who finds favor in the eyes of the Lord. And I think that that contrast is really, you know, Moses brings that out with the but. You know, here at the end of this kind of really bad news thing, um, and so I think one of the things that maybe we start with is saying that doesn't mean that Noah is less sinful, or that doesn't mean that that he is somehow just you know uh, better at living the living his life in following God or something like that, although. Presumably, that probably was the case in comparison with many around him, but, but the idea of finding favor in the eyes of the Lord, um, really speaks to that, uh, internal, uh, condition, right? The 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 condition of the, the heart. That idea of you know his condition in grace, in a state of grace, uh, and I think that's the contrast. Because again, we're going to see evidence of Noah's sinfulness going forward, uh, and presumably there was plenty of sinfulness leading up to this. But at the same time, you know Noah uh, continued to cling to the Lord, to trust in the Lord, was righteous in the Lord because of the
0: Lord, right? Um, So I think that's maybe, and it and it doesn't say in that connection Noah found favor in his own eyes, right? Righteousness in his own eyes, but it is in the Lord's sight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's maybe maybe the thing is that, you know, again, it's this righteousness out, outside of him, but he was one of the very few that was actually looking to the Lord for that righteousness where others had um, seemingly um,
0: completely forgotten about it, were not interested in it. Yeah, so this, this righteousness is the righteousness of Adam and Eve after the fall that's gifted to them in the promise where Adam becomes right preacher um, for his children. Maybe not the best preacher (laughs) because it's not going to go perfectly, Um, but this gifted righteousness that comes through faith in the promise. Uh, We're now going to get to the flood. Um, And I'm going to give a short summary and then I'm going to encourage Jason or Michael to supplement anything maybe that that I'm missing out on. Uh, so, Noah's going to be called to build this ark. Um, he's going to spend a lot of time building this ark. During this time, Noah is preaching, right? He's a preacher of grace, falling on deaf ears. Um, but the very ark itself is a preachment also, as people see this enormous ark being built. Um, the, the intention is for them to mm-hmm. say, well, why is this happening? Eventually, we'll then get um, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, um, I think if we were going to say in the room, Michael, I would, I would make Mike Shem, I would be Japheth, and let's just call Jason Ham. Does I that sound it. fair? Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. Then we're going to get they and every beast according to its kind, and that can be another episode, all of this. All the livestock according to its kind, um, two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. The flood continues 40 days, and maybe we want to come back to that number 40. Um, If anybody wants to make special note, we can kind of revisit that. That becomes a very important number for uh, the church. Right now we're in the midst of a 40, Mm -hmm. uh, a season of the church here. The waters prevail, um, and so the earth is flooded. Um, This is definitely not being presented as a localized flood, um, but as a universal flood. Um, The waters fill in the earth. And everything, the Bible says, on the dry land, in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. This is a, a great um, calamity, right? A, a, a great, um, just, death abounds. As I would note, it already was spiritually. Now physically happens what was already happening spiritually, um, as people were apart from faith. The waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Um, we get that at the start of chapter 8, and keep in mind the chapter numbers are artificial. They're added later. But this is a good place to have a new chapter number, I think. And then, But God remembered Noah. And I think that fits with Noah finding favor in the eyes of the Lord. God is remembering Noah. This, again, is something in grace that God is, do- is doing. And eventually, slowly, the flood is going to subside. We get, in chapter 8, verse 6, at the end of 40 days, 40 again, Noah opened the window of the ark um, that he had made and sent forth a raven. We're going to see a raven is sent forth, and then a dove is sent forth. The dove finds no set place to set her foot and comes back. He waits seven more days. Now we get a dove that is sent out. Again, and it comes with a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knows the waters have subsided it's going to be safe uh, to leave the ark. God will tell Noah, lest he doubt, in verse 16, go out from the white ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring with you every living thing that is with you. So empty out the ark. You don't need it anymore. And it's going to be their task now to go out and repopulate um, the world. I am hoping we can pick up a little bit of um, God's covenant with Noah to wrap up chapter 8 from here, but I would throw it, um, first I'd like to throw it to Michael and then to Jason. Jason, I'd like you to supplement anything since you teach this that I'm missing that we should know about the flood event itself. And Michael, I'd invite you just to make again a point you made in our bonus episode, and I would encourage listeners to go back and listen to the bonus episode, uh, which was on Mike's book, The Baptismal Life. One of the things that I asked him about from that book that he has a, a chapter on is the Ark of the Church. And so maybe, Michael, if you can just throw to us again a short summary of this. Um, we get the flood event. Noah is kept safe in the Ark. Um, and how uh, this is not just Michael having fun and, and doing allegory for the sake of allegory. St. Peter did it first, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how would you connect this, just as a reminder to our listeners, uh, in the New Testament to baptism? Well,
2: ba- you know, baptism is... a. Uh is salvation, and it's talking. Uh, uh, Peter talks about it as a flood, um, and he goes way out of his way. By the way, to to talk about that, there's eight people in the ark, right? And that uh, this this is a this is a type a picture of baptism, and <clears throat> I don't think it's too too difficult to jump to say, well, water has a cleansing um, aspect to it and yet um, water is also something that can bring death, right? I mean, Just think about we need water. I mean, water is, besides housing, maybe water is one of our biggest issues when it comes to, like, um, governance, who gets what, tensions between groups historically, right? Who gets water rights? Uh, they're very difficult, difficult issues it's essential to our existence and yet it can destroy us whether a flood, even just water in your basement is unforgiving, right? It will, water is just, it, it's just got something to it that it's it's uncontrollable and yet we need it so so much. So the water of the flood both destroys and saves, right? Quite literally destroys but then it's what pushes the ark up above the destruction. Well, the very water that destroys, right? And baptism is, uh, is a death, and it is a it is a violent death.
0: Sorry, I had myself muted there, so I uh, didn't interrupt you, which I'm going to do real quick. Maybe you can unpack that a little bit, because I think sometimes people um, hear that passage from Peter, baptism saves, right? And they think, okay, baptism is like Noah and his family who didn't die. Um, but maybe you can unpack just a little bit the connection of that, right. that we we live precisely because we die,
2: Right. So, uh, and by the way, one thing before I forget both the flood and baptism in our current American, uh, Christianity, which is, uh, Christianity without a cross, generally speaking. Um, we, um, we sanitize both events, right? So our kids have the story of the flood, which basically is their, uh, initial, um, uh, Initial look into zoology, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> when what a horrific event! People fighting for the highest bit of ground, uh, it, horrors that we could not even imagine, right? And we forget that. And the same way in baptism, right? We got a cake, uh, we got a cute little dress, and there's pictures, and and uh, we put off baptism often so that great aunt Mildred can make the make the trip, you know, as if this was not like a desperate situation, right? Right. And uh, this is a death. This is a, a parade of death to the font because we were born sinful. And as the, we like to say, there's no reforming the sinner. There's only killing the sinner. And this is Pauline language. This is not. This is not something that uh, is like Lutheran or something like that. This is Paul. This is Jesus. This is and, and it, notice that it comes off the. The flood comes off the heels that, the this, piling up of terms that you started out with, every inclination of the heart all, all the time everybody. You know, and, and last time we made the, the point, then in Ephesians, we have this piling up of, say, by grace alone, not by works, so that no one can boast, right? Which is the opposite of that. So so that that's first off. So why is it a death? Well, because you are born sinful, and that sinful nature needs to die. So this is a crucifixion uh, into, it is a death into the crucifixion of Christ. Your sinful nature dies. Why? So that there can be the resurrection of the new person, the saint, Right. So uh, that's paralleled with the flood where you have the same water that kills is what saves, right? And I think that's, that's quite profound. Um, and then the picture of the, the, ch- the, the ship and the church, which you had mentioned before, um, uh, real quickly, the sea is a dangerous place, especially to the ancient mind. It still is today, um, but we can fly over it mm-hmm. or we can uh, just cruise over it with, endless buffets um but this actually
0: is or we cruise over at sitting next to a colleague who keeps spilling over <laughs> onto us while he watches yeah, yeah. games me, of thrones tell me about it anyway tell me about it.
2: anyway um <laughs> so it's it's something we, our lives are so far from the cross because we don't have death we, we even outsource our death we send grandma to the grandma and grandpa to the nursing home the hospice care um and and that affects us in so many profound different ways right when it comes to um end of life issues when it comes to beginning of life issues as well and how we look at each other but that's uh, a topic for a different time so uh the the sea is the the crazy place this world that is dangerous uh it's scary there are there are mythological stories that come out of this right these are the 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 things of nightmares of the ancient world's uh, uh little kids so how are you safe in in this sea of this world? Well, in the ship, right? And and that ship um, is not any good unless it has a, not to be too corny, but a captain, right? Uh, So you're safe in the ship with with Christ. And so that that ship is a picture that you'll see very often throughout uh, throughout, uh, a church architecture. Um, even the architecture itself of a church is a ship. You're safe in here.
0: We're sitting in the nave. In the it's nave. Like we get yep. navy for the yep. branch of the armed services. And
2: you're, this is why I like the font at the back of the church. is not necessary, but your initiation into that is to come out of the water, right, mm-hmm. um, as you are uh, this, this drowning, this death, and this resurrection into this new existence with the church. And it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, but we, we do we do make it. Because of Christ, and, and for, don't let me go at the end. Let me talk about the number forty.
0: Too. Sure. So I would um, just add a little bit with that. That so when Jason and I were in the in the catacombs, and the guide explained one of the main symbols used was an yep. anchor. Yep. Um, and this idea of, of having an anchor in the sea, yep. precisely. I mean, I mean, even read Acts and and Paul's shipwrecks, and we sometimes read that and we're like, oh, he survived, you know, whatever how terrifying of an experience Jonah um, mm-hmm. at sea and that idea of Christ as anchor being carved in many of the, the graves. Um, an underrated
2: symbol of Christ is the anchor. Yep, right? I agree.
0: I, I would add to, Michael, or not add, but um, maybe throw out to you guys, early on in the, in the history of the Christian church, you had these people who really wrestled with the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. Right, like how can these be the same in the old testament god is killing or he's uh overseeing people being being killed he's he there's wrath there's violence and even like a saint augustine early on wrestles with this but you get like a marcion who wants to throw out the what he considers to be the the jewish books of the <laughs> of the canon there's a little
2: anti-semitism in the early or church anti-Judaism. or anti-judaism yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah in a subtle way, what we let, let me put it this way that we would call anti-Semitism today, when you start talking about the Old Testament God being a wrathful God and the New Testament God being, which is false, which is where right. you're going here, but the, but it is tied with an anti-Judaism, Old Testament kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and it tries to create a dichotomy where there's not one. And and I would just uh, note as you as you pointed out, well, uh, Michael, that. That God never stopped killing. <laughs> he he just now does it in baptism, and and thank God for that. Uh, but for our own good, God never stopped killing. The wrath of God is at work, and yet um, that wrath of God now that it's fallen upon Christ, right, kills us for our benefit. Yeah. Um, it kills us not in a judgment of of. Uh, condemnation, but in a judgment of, of mercy. And, and that's something, right, you see as kind of somewhat in the early church as people start wrestling with that, um, it's also at a time where the grasp of the gospel is maybe weakening or being obscured some with kind of notions of Neoplatonism and paganism kind of coming into the church. And so I think it's helpful for people to understand God is, is still this God, but he, he, has, he has killed for your benefit um, so that we can, I, I always tell the students it's kind of like a, a Terminator line that we can say to death on our deathbed, you can't kill me, I'm already dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we need not, I fear dying, I don't want to burn up, I don't want to drown, but I don't fear death. Death can just bring me life.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, at a funeral, like you, this person's already died. Right, right. This is old hat. Um, This is, and they came out the other side of resurrection. Once they will again, uh, in a a different and and full way. Uh, By the way, that we should we should maybe talk justice and righteousness someday.
0: Um, That those should both be words to know.
2: Yeah, the death the death of Christ is a is a righteous event in a lot of different ways, because it grants us righteousness. Justice is fulfilled. Somebody dies, just not you, but me. But also, it's a setting things right. Yeah. yeah. And so, our our often our sense of justice in in our contemporary aware is is probably more like vengeance. Yeah. Or for the for the gain of some sort of law and order.
0: And and this is uh, kind of more like not a... not setting things right. Yeah, yeah. And Thinking Fellows just did a series on both these. Maybe it's worth listening to, but. It's more like a, a Tolkien or a C.S. Lewis novel the kind mm-hmm. of meeting of these, like, things, mm-hmm. you know, come yeah. together. And so
2: so when I think of justice today, th- we're getting off track here. When I think of justice today, that's a little bit different than the biblical justice, much like f- American freedoms is something completely different than Pauline freedom in Galatians. Uh, my, my justice is is vengeance or, uh, you know, again, a law and order or something like that, rather than... Uh, This will be made right, and the only way that this is made right is a new kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so if you're you're looking for justice right now, even if it's a pure way so that everything's fair and and reparations are paid and all that kind of stuff, which is a part of our legal system and should be, right? Like if I, you know, if I accidentally...
0: If you deface my house... Then I got to pay for it. Right,
2: yeah. Um,
0: We we don't
2: want to go down that road too far, but, you know... um,
0: about defacing my house yeah no about <laughs> repa- i got what you're saying oh, reparations yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but um what an impossible this is an impossible thing for instance if i accidentally run over your dog may he rest in peace she she, she made did me die not self. that long ago okay. thank may you for she, bringing her may she, she rest in peace <laughs> i was talking to jason by the way why would he assume that i was talking to him What? yeah a- he was right. clearly yeah. looking <laughs> at me and he <laughs> motioned at me <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, um, Shotzi was a good dog. So
2: I let's say I I pay for. Let's say it was me that murdered Shotzi Let's just not say have that. Michael. I didn't, did just collapse but on the let's sidewalk. Just, let's just say that. <laughs> um, that I would there would be some sort of uh, justice when it comes to reparations, right? Money or whatever. Um, but that does not bring Shotzi back. Right. So there, she true. She's very dead. True justice, righteousness, reparations—all uh, of that is impossible in this in this life. Because right. even if I, even if I, I can give you a new TV after I destroy your TV, You're I can't go at my stuff. I can't take away. <laughs> I can't take away the pain, the the shatteredness yeah. of the my existence of My grandparents are this. dead too. Yes. <laughs> all right,
0: now. But the Old Testament law does get at that in that if you do this, yeah, there's this. It tries, yeah. but, it's, but you can never. But it never undo. makes it. It never makes it. Te- completely teleological it's never the end yeah. it's never the fi- this is not making it right this is recognizing this is doing something yeah.
2: I can't bring back the dead I cannot injure somebody even if I can even if it's a property thing that I can completely give uh you back I've still I've still psych- given you psychological damage or whatever yeah mm-hmm. so when, when Christ gives me justice at the cross it's not really vengeance it's not even attempting necessarily to set things right here on earth but it's to set things right in heaven that by faith we're like it's go, it's gonna be right in heaven like it's gonna be okay right yeah. and, and, and
0: this is by the way sometimes we're too hard on the jews when they expected a messiah who would have political aspects yeah. because you look at those old testament law codes again and, and there's this right we're, we're trying to if I build a, a lattice on a roof and it's insufficient, and someone gets injured, right? There's something I need to do to help make up for that. But the there was this notion of the, kind of like the consummation of justice. Huh. Now they tied that up with um, the state of Israel, mm-hmm. to use an anachronistic term, the nation, um, and its independence from Rome. But they, they, they weren't. They were picking up on something that was in the Old Testament. And, and can we can we
2: say that, that you know? Judaism, which we were loosely defining as the uh, the, the, the religion tied to uh, mostly Jewish people ethnically beyond 70 AD and the destruction of the... That, um, that they are very good at thinking about ethics and justice in this sense, where Christianity, at least Protestant Christianity, has not been super great at, right? Uh, I, I'm not saying that there's not... Overarching flaws that are because there's not a, there's not a sense of a uh, anymore really of a messiah coming specifically to pay the price and and take on the the blow of justice, but to have a fully developed sense of ethics and justice is something that I, I think we could say we could be better at. Fair enough. I think so. Can I before I forget? Forty. Not forty, but that. Well. Okay. So just Mike's
0: gonna say something, then we're gonna throw it to Jason to see if I missed anything on the flood. Then we'll talk forty. So,
2: so this passage about baptism and the flood in First Peter, and uh, that this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. And then we, from a like Lutheran or Roman Catholic point of view, would be like, so why does the Baptist not get this? Right, it says mm-hmm. right there. Yep. And then uh, the next phrase is not the removal of dirt from the uh, from the body, right? Okay, it's
1: not just um. Much not a, often. not a physical cleansing
2: but the pledge of a good conscience toward God now what does that mean now, I would read that as I want to have a good conscience before God that does not come because, and I know this because of the rest of scripture and my own heart that does not come with me either like pledging that I'm going to be good or that I can have a clear conscience because I, I have done something but I get a clear conscience because my conscience is no longer um, can no longer be accused by Satan. Why? Because Christ has done this. So I don't. I don't see that as a contradiction. But that is a, that is kind of a difficult
0: passage.
1: That yeah. The the and <clears throat> at the risk of taking us a little far far afield. We've already
0: done it. Just keep us going, Jason. All
1: right. That you know, like the idea there is who's pledging to to whom, yeah. right? Um, and I think that I think that look at that and say it's really God. Pledging to us right where i think others might see that as the other way around
0: and i think even right the pledge sometimes translated appeal right um it's an appeal of a good conscience that i can make contrary to myself right on what basis on the basis of the gift of baptism in
2: christ and here's where lutherans maybe are pretty good thinking of or at least historically of a clear conscience i want a good conscience before god what does that
0: mean and even there um that, okay, so that needs to be a word to know, too. I thought Jason would be writing all these things up there. But I'm just joking, Jason, we'll do it after. You're going to make a ton of noise. All right. I think I'm going to make a ton of noise. Um, but even as we talk about conscience and a clear conscience, it's important that we understand we're talking about it. We're talking about a clear conscience before God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think sometimes people think, oh, a clear conscience, and that means I'm going to have a clear conscience before myself. Um, Sometimes you have to believe against yourself. And so John says, right, God is greater than our hearts. A clear conscience before God, um, righteousness, justice, conscience. Uh, Jason's writing these words. But, uh and being super quiet. Yes. But that they're... <laughs> yeah. I may not have a clean conscience before myself, um, and certainly Satan will be still be accusing. Um, the Lutheran concern with uh, a clear conscience or a good conscience is, is in relationship. Toward toward the, God, the law can't accuse me anymore because I I am righteous, right? right. And that is an yeah. article of faith. Yeah, um, that because the law does accuse me here still. Uh, it's just its accusations have no standing in God's court. Um, all right, Jason, I'm gonna throw it back to you. And and, and we went whew, around sure, some places. Yeah, we've been a, been around anything with the, the 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 flood account itself. You think that I that I glossed over that we need to have about the actual event itself. Um,
1: <clears throat> I think
0: maybe just a couple, couple of things that,
1: that you know, are just kind of interesting things to to kind of keep in mind. I think you, you did mention the, but God remembered Noah. And I think there, again, there's that in the midst of all this bad news and all this death, all this destruction, here's the ray of hope, right? Yeah. That, that, that there is hope. Um, and, uh, oh, I was thinking too, as Mike was talking about the destructive nature of water and, and things like that. You know what the most dangerous sport is, as far as like casualty numbers? Mm. Water polo. You'd think, you know, with like a water connection, it's fishing. Huh? Fishing. Like the there are more deaths. I bet a lot of, of them are fishing, alcohol related. Possibly, <laughs> and you think, you know, again, kind of this, you know, relaxing, idyllic setting type of thing, and and yet that's where more sportsmen die every year than. What well. about dueling? Dueling, not as much as it used to be. <laughs> but I think one other thing maybe I, I, I think to keep in mind too, like with this, um, the idea of Noah finding favor and, you know, being, you know, righteous and um, I'm trying to remember the exact words. righteous Is it righteous, blameless? Um, and uh, what's the other one? Righteous, blameless, walking faithfully. Um, I think that... Um, some of the that again doesn't speak to the perfect, per- perfect righteousness, but the fact that you know Noah's a genuine guy, and what you know that that condition of what's on the inside shows up with, then how he lives on the outside, and and I think that that's kind of, um, you know, what we were touching on a little bit, but but going, going beyond, um, also spilling out into what happens. As he conducts himself in the world, you know, so, so again, that's not the, not the reason for it, but it's, that's the effect of it. Yeah. and right, the, Righteous people do righteous. Righteous things. people do righteous things. There you go. And blameless is just kind of saying, you know, what, what's on the, what's on the outside matches up with what's going on already on the inside. And um, yet... Right. Couple of bottles of wine afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and yet that's not perfect. The that's not,
0: not perfect.
2: Yeah, that, there you go. Look at what alcohol he had.
1: Yeah. Oh, the, so the one other thing that I wanted to mention with that is just kind of the. You See the, how he
0: did that, Michael. Hmm. He he could tell us I was about to move on, and then he yeah. not only said one other thing, but he gave me a very authoritative. Just getting comfortable in the here, one. He did the one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. in the, when we talk I about submit, Jason, the, oh,
1: <laughs> well, thank you, the just the span of time i mean sometimes it's it's easy to read this and you know maybe fail to appreciate how much time was involved with this i mean i, I think even that that god tells them to go into the ark and it's a full week that they spend in the ark before it actually starts mm-hmm. before the waters break out you know and the rain which starts which is a long
0: falling. time for 8 people together with a bunch of animals
1: yep and while and and how often are you thinking during that time um, is this, is it, is this really going to happen yeah. Is you know, and then, but it's ends up being over a, over a year that it's just these eight people and the animals, a, I think it's a year and 17 days from the time that they enter the ark to the time that they actually get to leave the ark, which, um, that probably, uh, what, what a joyous day that must have been when... The doors finally opened again. Um, and you can you can uh maybe really appreciate that that sacrifice uh of Thanksgiving um at the end of that. Especially maybe um coming through some of the things that we had to endure during COVID and things like that and being shut up in a much less <laughs> he's taken much, it there. much <laughs> less
0: confined. He's allowed to talk about vaccines. <laughs> can you imagine so. being like those some of those animals and like You've been cooped up all that time and yeah. then you're like, Oh, they open the doors, we get to go out and then no was like
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so which is interesting because yeah. it, offs you it was not two by two, it was two by two and seven like by seven. Barbecue yeah, time. Yeah. And why seven by seven? Well you need some you know, like you need to eat and you need to have sacrifices. I mean, there could have been like if it was just two by two, like half the species would have been <laughs> gone because we're <laughs> yep. like Well we have to make a sacrifice, sorry. Sorry, zebra. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh Unicorns. Yeah. Are well delicious. maybe that was. Maybe that, right, yeah. maybe there were unicorns <laughs> and there were supposed to be seven unicorns and Noah only brought two. Yep. And he's like, Oh shoot.
0: Okay, I'm giving you that guys tough. We've got <laughs> about seven minutes total. I'm giving you guys two minutes. I'm starting the timer now. I want to be able to read about the covenant after this. So you got two minutes to tell me about forty.
2: All right, forty As the number of trial and tribulation, it rains for 40 days and 40 nights, 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus goes for 40 days in the same wilderness. and is perfect uh, under temptation as Israel was not. There's lots of 40s. Trial and tribulation comes out in uh, 40 days of Lent. However, there's another 40 in the Bible. There's 40 days between Easter and the Ascension. And uh, so God even redeems 40 for us. How about that?
1: I like it.
0: That was twenty seven seconds. Yep, that's all I, I was even. I was. I was trying to look for something to do like ringside does, where they do the bell. But we have no good sounds for saying time is up. So I'm glad that you finished earlier. I was. I had settled upon. I was going to do scary. I don't even remember what that means, but we got to upload some sound effects. Okay, we'll here. do that.
2: Why don't you talk about covenant? Because this is an interesting. so
0: I'm going to read about the covenant real quick. Which and, is the, and, the the f- and
2: the first, the first Old Testament sacrament.
0: I, and I think. Um, Maybe something next time, if we're feeling ambitious, we come back to is um, this is a big deal for the rabbis and for um, rabbinic Judaism uh, in general uh, is the Noah Noahidic covenant, which is kind of with everyone, right? And then you're going to get to, to Moses, Abraham and Moses, and they're going to see this is a narrowing of this covenant. Um, but this Noahidic covenant with humanity in general. So we're at the end of chapter 8, if you're following along. At home or in your car. So if you're in your car, um, get your Bible out. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'll read it for you. Uh, beginning at verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And altar is another word we should talk about um, that people always spell wrong to A-L-T-A-R. So Noah built an altar to the Lord, all caps, tetragrammaton, and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird. Is a, is a cardinal a clean bird, Michael? <laughs> it's, a power, it's a powerful bird. <laughs> powerful bird. Every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention <laughs> of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease except if carbon emissions. <laughs> God, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, Michael was bringing hop on topics. So I figured I'd get to throw one. <laughs> um, so I think what we learn here is if you sacrifice something that smells good, God will give you what you want. Is that right, boys? Or, or what do we, what do you make of this Noetic Covenant, um, that uh, that God gives? Now, He and God says, "I'm not going to destroy. Um, I'm not going to curse the ground again because um, because of man for the intentions of man's heart is evil from his youth. Mankind hasn't changed. We're still going to have original sin, but God's not going to react to it in this way. But what stands out to you as far as how God deals with things here? And just maybe first, if you can. Bear with me today, I'm trying to really stave off the opinion, I guess. What's the deal with the sacrifices? Is it as if God were not going to do this and then Noah does a good sacrifice and God's like, ah, I should chill? <laughs> uh, I
2: <clears throat> so we can find places both in the Old Testament and the New Testament where we are warned against like the empty sacrifices, right? And this yeah. is not to say that sacrifices are bad, although some people will go that way, they'll say... Anything that's kind of, it's their way of saying anything that is physical in the church is corrupt because it's about your heart, mm. right? So they say that's just going through the motions.
0: That, that's but then they'll have hyper-emotional worship. Right. Yeah.
2: And and then if, if it's not about the emotions, the next logical step in their mind is, well, it's about the heart of the person, right? So I have a pure heart. So it's, it's Gnostic in the sense that my spirit is good it's the physical body that makes me bad and so it, it fails to realize that a God demanded sacrifices uh, B uh, was happy with this sacrifice um, and C right there said but all your thoughts are are bad right so it's not about your right, they're completely missing the point so what is the point then well the heart does matter right like if this is you're just going through the motions you're you're trying to be righteous by following a law that's That's like the one thing you're not supposed to do. So it does have to do with the heart. But it's not that the heart, like, oh, I really want to do this. I'm giving from a free heart. Well, good luck with that, first of all. And second of all, it's still a righteousness by law. I think the point is that you are are saying to God, you are the one that does this for me. And it is a picture of Christ, whether they had thought about it as explicitly as we do with uh, with uh, twenty twenty hindsight, but we talked about this at, with uh, Cain and Abel. I, 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 have not, I have yet to be convinced otherwise that that had to do with a picture of, of Christ, because otherwise it is just an empty sacrifice
0: or a test. And it's in Christ that we, in the daily offices, that we can sing, let my prayer rise before you as incense. Yeah. Right, The idea of these things are a fragrant offering in Christ. Paul speaks of his sufferings. And the sufferings of the the true apostles for Christ is a fragrant offering, that fragrant offering of faith. Yeah,
2: so I I think, (laughs) just to summarize, if you go through the motions and you're just doing something to make God happy, yeah, that's law, that's wrong. But so is the idea, like, look, I have this clean heart, aren't you happy to have this heart, God? No, it is Christological in the sense that it's a picture of Christ, and then I in my vocation suffer with Christ, right, and love, and I trust God a trust thing and that is pleasing how would that not be pleasing to a father if the child trusts you loves you depends on you and yet you know is is free to go out into the world and and suffer for humanity and make you proud in that way this is all that's going on there um so it's anyway i'll stop jason
0: any concluding thoughts on this as you
1: no no i don't think i i mean i think uh you know, you just maybe have the response of Noah, right? I mean, there's this response of thanks and praise, you know, which certainly um, you can see why they would be moved um, in that way to offer such a response. But then I think, too, that idea of, you know, um, God maybe uh, underscoring the, the, the gracious purpose, right? Um, and the fact that, you know, this is this is about... Um, in in spite of man's sinfulness, God continues to be gracious uh, and now, you, know, underscores that gracious, that gracious nature with additional promise. Uh, and, and I guess maybe that's about all I all I need to add.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we Lutherans sometimes get acu- not I don't think we sometimes get accused. I know we sometimes get accused of being uh, weak on sanctification. And maybe it almost sounds in what I've said, you know, that I'm almost like nervous of saying Noah did a good thing. Uh, I'm not nervous about that at all. What I want to be aware of is that we we read this and just look for magical formulas of who did the right things yeah. to manipulate God, which is into which is what the cause, wanted. which is the effect, right? Right. And so that we remember, it's Noah's a righteous man. He's found favor through faith that God gives. Um, and now he will do righteous things. And so uh, I think the concern is not to be weak on sanctification, but to make sure that that sanctification in the narrow sense is actually rooted in what sanctification is in the broad sense, which is um, kind of indivisible from our justification. Does that sound fair?
2: Yes. Uh, Should we come back next time for rainbows?
0: Yes, I think Mm -hmm. that would be fine. Mm -hmm. I think there might be a little more on this covenant, and then next time... We're planning on, hopefully we get that far, we're going to talk about when uh, Noah has a little too much fun mm-hmm. and uh, and what in the world is up with that and why would Moses record that? Right? Why put it in here? <laughs> um, in the meantime, again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, rate, review, like. We really appreciate it. Check out the YouTube videos. You can subscribe over at YouTube. We need to do some more videos on words to know. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we hope that you will uh, go forward with the rest of your week, even as we are here going into Holy Week, and through the work that God has done for us in Christ, that same God who delivered Noah uh, and his family in the ark and has delivered you through Holy Baptism, that you with us will let the bird fly.
2: sun goes down, get my party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking, I'm not drunk, I'm just a drinker, I'll set them up another round, I'll set him up another round, I'll set him up another round, what? one more round won't get me
0: down.